Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Today's guest is Cher. Um, their pronouns are she, her. And Cher, if you introduce yourself to the audience, please. Sure. Hi, I'm Cher. I am an ICT4, which is like a staff principal level uh, software engineer at Apple. And uh, I've been, I taught myself how to code more than 20 years ago, and I've been in the industry for 15 years. Okay, so we start this show as we always do with two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? So um, to me, it's important to cause a scene uh, because there is so much inequity and inequality, um, not just in our industry, but in the world. And um, it's it's really hard for me to see people uh, not have uh, even enough to, you know, live off of or, you know, opportunities. And it just feels like there's so much... Um, you know, I don't want to say unfairness, but I mean, it is unfair. There's so much injustice um, that people, I think, purposefully uh, ignore because they're benefiting from. And so I think it's important uh, for me, who's somebody who does benefit from those things to uh, try to do the work to first, you know, draw attention to it and then actually work to to change it so that everybody has um, a fair shot to, you know, change their life or even, you know, if they haven't, you know, had anything wrong, you know, with their life to have those same opportunities that other people in the same exact positions as them uh, to, you know, live life in a, a way that is productive and um, comfortable. And how am I disrupting the status quo? Um, I think just by talking a lot about, um, my own privilege. And, um, I used to just talk about that and I found that people thought of me as being inauthentic. And so, you know, in the past couple of years, um, I've kind of slowly tapered up to opening up about, you know, my past and things that I've done and then talking about the ways that, you know, my being white and attractive and, you know, sounding like I have a college education allowed me to overcome, um, those, those things that I had done in the past and to, you know, essentially just start a new life, but the when I decided to. Okay. So if you haven't picked up on it, sure is a white woman. <laughs> and and y'all know that I have very few white people on here who are not talking about specific technology or some theory or because I really don't give a shit about the perspectives of white people because that's what I've been bred to know. I know white people better than white people know themselves. And yet there are certain people in our community who I watch, who I, um, on occasion, um, set up to engage with individuals. <laughs> um, and they fuck up, they see it, they apologize, and they make amends by moving forward. And I can say that Cher is one of those people. Cher came into the community, um, I believe it was 
shortly after the GDI incidents. Um, and um, she stumbled, she gets back up, and she fights the fight again. And I can appreciate that. I can really appreciate a person who is actively doing the work, recognizing that they cause harm, fixing it, or trying to at least fix it, and, and learning from those mistakes and, and meaning, so to apologize to me means not to do that shit again um, and, 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 and moving forward. And also, Cher actually puts her money where her mouth is. So um, talk, talk, mm, mm, I don't even know where I want to go with this because I know there were some things that you wanted to talk, get off your chest. Um, and I just want to, I get, I just want to set the stage for whatever you want to share so that people understand that, first of all, it's a privilege for a white woman to come on my show. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It fucking, it it doesn't happen. (laughs) Like, honestly, like when you asked me, I was like, I I don't, I being like honest is like really cool. (laughs) Like, like, wow, people are really like understanding that I'm not like what I seem, you know, and that, and I really appreciate that. But I I think, you know, it's funny is because you mentioned the GDI thing, but you and I actually crossed paths like maybe like a year or two prior to that. Oh, did I, did I, did (laughs) I rip you a new ass? You drag my ass. And like, the thing is, is like, I don't. Oh, it's so funny because people think I hold grudges. I don't remember this shit. What happened? (laughs) Um, I'm just going to be honest. And like, Oh no, this is, you know, this is a dope show. I know. I just, I said, Oh my God. I said all lives matter. Oh fuck. Oh, and no, so did. I did. And the thing is, oh. is like the, the cross section between where I was then is like, I have always like thought of myself as being somebody because of like, you know, how I grew up as somebody who is like, you know, very like, let's, let's use like a, a cliche tired word of woke. <laughs> I really <laughs> thought that I was, you know, because I'm like, Oh no, like I care about all of these things. But I started really like looking back after this incident happened and being like, why did I feel the need to say that? It's like, Oh, because I've suffered so much that I don't want to feel excluded, you know, from this. <gasps> oh shit. <laughs> right. That's, <deep. laughs> That's fucking deep. <laughs> from this you know, Black Lives Matter thing where they're like, oh, they're killing because of, you know, like police brutality. And it's like, well, I recognized what was happening was that Black people were being, you know, unfairly racially profiled and, you know, you know, killed because they're being Black and seeing that, you know, the same thing does not happen to white people. I understood that part of it. But deep down, I was like, I have suffered so much in my life. Why doesn't my life matter? You know, and Bottom line, I needed to like take a step back and realize this isn't about me right now. And the the honestly, the reason why you know people weren't talking about my issues, not in general, was because I wasn't even talking about them. How would anybody be able to yeah. validate being like, you know, yeah. I'm sorry you oh, went through wow. this and everything, you know? And so it was like this combination of really not fully like being engaged. So it's like hijacking. So it's it's a a hijacking of our trauma because you have not communicated your own trauma. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was something that I had to work through. And there's a lot of that's fucking gross. I'm sorry. I gotta stop. That's fucking gross. It is gross. It's so gross. But it's like Uh, I think that I see but I see I'm glad you brought it up though. I'm glad you called a thing a thing because that's what we see so often. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
And, and that's, that's, I think that that's like the core tenet of what I try to communicate to other white people who have been through suffering, who are like, well, I don't have privilege. I don't have privilege. And it's like, yes, you do. You're just focusing on all of this other shit that you've been through to try to like, be like, oh no, you know, it's like kind of like a, a trauma Olympics or something, you know, they're like, yes. well, I've mm-hmm. suffered X, Y, and Z ways. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. But you have not suffered in this way. And this is what we're talking about right now. Like, and, oh my God. And so I love how you frame that because it's, it's this, it, it, mm, I'm trying to be mindful of the triggers. Um, so let me, um, let me, let me. It's, it's okay. I, do, I don't think you'll, well, I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, it's not just you. <laughs> right. I don't want to trigger. I don't want to trigger the audience. Right. Know? I forget so, that we're not just talking to each other. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, so I'm going to use, I'm going to use something in something kind of benign. So it's the, I, oh God, because I want to say that the, the thing that comes in my head, I definitely want to say. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get around this so people get the seriousness. Not, okay, so it's the same as, well, not the same. Let me be clear because we're not trying to compare experiences and that's where we get into the problems. Let's not compare experiences. No one has, I mean, you can be siblings in the same house with the same parents and still have different lived experiences. So I don't understand how people can do that and know what that is and yet cannot extrapolate that out to other people. So what we're saying is it's as it's the same as um, let's say we all we're all baking a cake. Let's talk about baking a cake. So we all have the same ingredients um, or so the ingredients until we look close. So this is also the equity um, equality bullshit, too. So. We're baking a cake. We're all we're there's a there's you and there's me, right? And we're put in we're we're in a baking competition. We're put in these kitchens. I immediately see that there's a difference in our experiences. We both have a stove. We both have ingredients. Your stove is top of the line. Your ingredients are name brand. They're fresh. My stuff is something that somebody um. Um, donated because they cleaned out their cabinets. My stove is barely has a pilot light on. Um, my my utensils are old and 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 um, won't make for a beautiful cake. So bo- although we're both in the same competition, or so people think, we're in the same competition of living and trying to get through life. How you access and what you have access to to bake this cake is a totally different experience than what I have access to. And our cakes are going to be fundamentally different just because of how we go into it. So we may have we may be making both making cakes and running around that kitchen, but I'm going to have a harder time making my cake. um, meet, Meet the standard of your cake because my tools and space and lived experience are not equitable. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that your cake is needs to be shit to match my cake. It's no. I need I need equitable um services and utensils and things so that my cake can match your your cake. Exactly. Then now we're in competition. And if we're there, then we can compare experiences. But we can't get there. No. Because no one wants to talk about what the elephant in the room race 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 racism racist white supremacy no one wants to talk about the things that could truly make 
us get past equity and talk about equality? The the interesting thing to me is that um, the experience I had, you know, with the all lives matter, uh, incident, um, was that it, it, like, I can tell you that it hurt. Right. Like, and I know that, I, I mean, I can't remember exactly all the ways I reacted, but I was just like, this isn't me. The person you're talking about is not me. And it hurt, you know, that I was just like, and I just had to like, shut up, basically just stop like arguing. Sure. So when it stopped, right. This so, so to explain what do you mean that it wasn't you? Cause that, sure, that's, yeah. come on, let's talk about that. So did you kind of, did you separate your words from the consequences um, of them? I think it, it, at first it was, it was not that I separated my words from the consequences of them. It's that I didn't see what was wrong with, with the your words. words. Ah, right. Gotcha. Cause to me, I was like, okay. I'm, this is, I'm saying everyone like equal, like I'm mm-hmm. saying everyone that includes, you know, black people, mm-hmm. not just, you know. Oh, you know, it's the whatever. colorblind theory. Oh, oh yes. And I have, I can tell you a story about it's just all just thinking back of like all of this stuff where like I've never like saw myself in this way of being this person who's totally just like ignorant of all of the ways that like being white like makes my experience so different. Um from oh, so let's black talk about people. the colorblind story. Uh-huh. So so uh this was uh oh gosh, I had to have been like 19 or 20 weeks before I had Alexis, and I had just moved to St. Louis, which I mean I grew up in the Seattle area, which is mostly like white and Asian. And I did like the, the neighborhoods I lived in and the uh, I knew I knew black people growing up. So it wasn't like, oh, I've never seen a black person before, but it was like, you know, the community here is like 50% um black. And so it was definitely like a lot more. And so I think that at the time I was saying a lot of things that weren't cool, but I didn't know. And nobody ever said anything to me, right? Like about this, but there's this one incident in particular that I recall um, that again, like just, I mean, this is literal colorblindness. And at the time, like, I'm sure like I would have been like, oh, that's so benign. Like, it's just cause like, I don't see you that way. And now I understand that that's not good, <laughs> you know? Um, but so um, I was at this bar and there was my friend Mark and he was black and I had known him for a, a few months or whatever. So, you know, we like went out together and like did stuff together and totally cool with each other. Um, and I was, I was, I had earlier that day gone tanning at a tanning booth and there was this poster in the tanning booth of a naked woman. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And so uh, I was with him that night and I just couldn't get this like, shock and that there was this poster of a naked woman in the tanning bed and so I was like hey have you ever been a Hollywood tan and he just looks at me and he's like what and I was like men go tanning too and he's like Cher you do know I'm black right and I was like oh yeah I was like I guess I never really like noticed and he, he of course didn't say anything you know but now looking back I'm just like oh man I wish I still knew him so I could be like run up to him and be like I am so sorry that I said that I didn't notice you were black because of course I knew he was black you know like if somebody was like oh describe your friend Mark I'd probably you know his you know his height his, whether or not you know he's shaved his head he's black like I would have said that so to say I didn't notice you were black was literally just discounting his experience right I'm just I, for me, even though I don't think I felt uncomfortable with it at the time, I do think that I felt uncomfortable saying that I knew he was black because I think deep down subconsciously, I it made me like feel like, oh, if I say he's black, does he think I'm racist, right? Like, and it's not, it's like the opposite. Like I was being racist because I was putting so much pressure 
on basically on him to like exist as just a person. Whereas him being black, like really affected his life. And I did not see that then at all. And so now I would never say like, oh, I don't know you're black. Like I will acknowledge like that you're black. I'll ask you about like your experience and how I can, what I can do to be a better white person living in this space together. Oh, that's interesting because this is the very reason I, um, I say whiteness because no one asks you. I mean, we walk out the house, we're black and yet pe- white people get so offended when someone says they're white. And, and it's, and as you just stated, it's to the point that our blackness is easier for, it, it makes you more comfortable for it to disappear um, than to acknowledge it. And yet when I say whiteness, it's, it's like this sting. It's, it's, it's this, this sting of, oh my God, I, I just cursed you out. And it's like, no one ever asked me what kind of black I am. You're white. That, that, that is the default. And it was interesting before I even got into this, into unpacking all of this, um, just the converse. I can say that growing up where I was in the South, um, my godparents were white. My stepfather was briefly, my stepfather, um, I was about to say was briefly white. I meant to say <laughs> my, <laughs> my step, my stepfather, um, there was a brief marriage. It was white. Um, and I can say that my mom, oh, everything I did growing up, I was the only um, I was the only black kid there because I was in acting classes at some of the best places just because my mom wanted to expose me to so much. I had gone to the symphony and ballets and all these other things. Um, my mom really sacrificed to expose me so that I knew some things or at least had seen some things. And in all of those spaces, I was always the only and gaslit all the fucking time. Oh my God, I'm still working through the trauma of being in white spaces and people trying to ignore that I'm white. I mean, that I'm black um, and the trauma that caused. I literally remember, my, like I said, my God, and I, and I don't know my mom did this. I'm sure she didn't do this. And she was just trying to expose me to the best. Um, it's because of that that I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I've never been from the president of organization to the um, custodian. What does that mean to me? Um, I've always just been around all kinds of people. Um, but I could tell you being around white people and them not knowing me, wanting me in those spaces, gaslit the hell out of me because eventually I would leave out of my own discomfort. But because it was never articulated, it was um, that it was the space that was not welcoming. It always fell to me as if I couldn't hack it, that there was something in me that I didn't belong there. So it became my fault that I was uncomfortable and that I had to leave and end up in black spaces um, that I felt welcomed in. And that is so much trauma, um, so much. So even with me thinking about trigger warnings, uh, oh shit, this is good. Okay, so even me thinking about trigger warnings, it, it, it is about to have this convert, the conversation we were, we were just having it never includes my experience. So yeah. even in the trigger warnings, I'm triggered. Yeah. And that's what people need to understand. Even in my attempt to protect the community as a whole, 
I end up being traumatized. And that's what folks have to understand about me doing this work. Again, I say I am educating the oppressor while also processing my own oppression. Yeah. And that is not all lives matter at all. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So embarrassing. (laughs) Well, you know, you you, you came through. But I'm happy you were honest and told these stories because so many. This is why people like, oh, you hate white people. No, I don't hate white people. But I y'all need to acknowledge how ignorant you are. And then maybe we can move forward. Um, I I need y'all to stop acting like y'all can lead this shit. You cannot lead this. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, we have to, uh, and, and that's, I think that there's a lot of, uh, internal struggle that like, I think like with the GDI stuff and then like with, uh, the Ken Wheeler stuff, you know, uh, what happened with, um, Tatiana, uh, mm-hmm, Mac, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think that that for me was like a pivotal moment where I'm like, I want to help, but like, I'm also making myself center stage and I don't want to do that either. I just have a really loud, articulate voice that people listen Mm -hmm. to. And so I need Mm -hmm. to learn how to use that without erasing the voices of the Black women that I am trying to lift up. Everyone in the hashtag Call the Scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, Tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Black women that I am trying to lift up. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still mm. in the process of figuring out like how to properly do that. But I definitely think I've come a long way from that. And that was not even a year ago. I don't think that that yeah, happened. Yeah, that's, so. that's huge because um um have the same conversation with Kristen. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to her coming on the show because I I'm, want people to see that, yes, it's a lot of work, but it's possible. And there is some 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 goodwill on the other side, because you're absolutely right. Um, some of the things that I have challenged you on since m- you actually came to my awareness have been those things of, um, and you're not the only one of um, when when I'm um, highlighting some bullshit and white folks will come in and repeat exactly what I said, and then the person will thank you yeah. because you said it in a nice way or. Or you come in and you start sharing resources that are already been shared that over that by a black person who's in the thread already. And I need you before you start engaging, do the research and see what the whole conversation is about and yeah. see. Uh, it's more important than you say, well, Kim or Erica, whoever just told you this, this is what they said. Um, you're not listening instead of coming in and 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 white translating what we what we've just said right for the comfort of whiteness because y'all know i'm not here for the comfort of whiteness i'm here to cause as much discomfort and pain as possible because until that happens until you got called got, i chewed your ass out about all lives matter you just would have been bopping along yeah boop, 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 boop. thinking I'm, takes... I'm just doing the best i can when i wasn't yeah, at yeah. all <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's not it's not um and i come from it from a a learning development 
strategy. So um, I know there are a lot of people out here just wilding out, but when you come into this community, everything I'm doing, every amount of engagement, I'm thinking deeply about, which is a fucking lot of emotional labor, um, and being strategic in who I call out so that others can see this is routine, people. We got to stop this shit um, and figuring out how to do it and in the ways that... Um, that so some people I just rip a new ass. I just don't give a fuck because you, first of all, there's usually some person who doesn't follow me. It's somebody adjacent to somebody who's an asshole, and and I I don't have time for all of that. Um, it's just, it's the classroom management. I'm not giving my classroom over to an asshole to to cause harm to everybody else. That's not going to happen. Um, and then there are people who do follow me who fuck up constantly, and I have to make a calculated decision. Is this going to be a direct tweet? Am I going to quote tweet or am I going to DM? <laughs> Man. And that becomes like, God damn. Okay. Who is this? Let me go look at the timeline. Let me see what they're talking about. Is this some shit they do all the time? Or is this just a sidestep? There's a lot that has I go into thinking about what I do. And people think I'm just out here. just I'm just reacting because I'm angry. Right. No. Intention without strategy is chaos. And I don't... Right, you, enough say, you say that all the time and yet people still <laughs> think that you're... And that's the thing. is like, I can say that you've DM'd me about things and then you've publicly said things, you know, uh, about, not about me, but to me um, about what I said, you know? And it's just, it totally depends on the context. And I think uh, that, I mean, there's some things that I think that you know, like other people do a lot. And so that's like a learning opportunity for other people. And like, you know, that it's... It, I'm probably not going to escalate it, I guess. Or, you know, like, I know that you have a reason for why you DM me about some things versus when you say something yeah. um, directly on, um, on Twitter with a quote tweet or in the thread. Yeah, when I, I'm going to be honest, when I DM you or um, let's say a Chad, it's because I see that you, you're, the, you're doing the, you're doing the, 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 the work what I see is you're shifting into centering yourself yeah. in whiteness. And so I'm like, mm, I don't want to derail that whole conversation that's happening. So I bring that to, hey, watch watch what you're doing. You're centering yourself here. Now, if you're publicly fucking up, I got to publicly say something about that. <laughs> right. I mean, and which is fine. You know, a lot of people uh, that, you know, don't get it yet I would say they're like why are you friends with her like she look what she just did to you and I'm like she didn't do anything to me I did something and she held me accountable and taught me something and other people learn stuff in the process what's and what's so funny is people make assumptions that I have friends it's like Sarah and I are not friends we're we're cool we're Um, we're uh We're here. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's the default again. It's like I don't get autonomy. I don't get um, agency over anything about me. Um, it's it's either I'm a bitch. I can take that. I'm a black woman. I've been called mm. worse by, you know, fuck, fuck these fragile ass. I mean, if you gonna come at me, you need to be able to come at me like they come at you in, you know, in a black school where you just going tit for tat. Not that fucking ain't no way in hell a black person going to say going to start some shit. First of all, that's always how it happens. Start some shit. First of all, say something and then blocks. What the fuck? You'll get the fuck cussed out. What the you would be the punk at the fucking school. What the fuck? you going to start some shit and then you're going to you're going to run. Right. And, and, and the thing that I find so Interesting isn't the right word because it's more like, I'm like, how can anyone be this 
ignorant to their own actions is like when people come into your thread, so you post something on your page, they don't follow you, they come into your thread and they start arguing with you or you know saying some bullshit. And then, and then let's you, be clear, right? right. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're they're <laughs> trying to argue with you. You're not, you know. It's like it's yeah. from mm-hmm. their end. They come to you. You're they're in your space. You're not in their space. And then, you know, if you quote tweet them, they're like, "Wow, I can't believe you did that." And it's like, "Yeah, I can't believe you're attacking me." And it's like, <laughs> "Do you?" I just. I find it hard to believe that anybody is that dense, you know, <laughs> like that you, you really can't. Well, whiteness is never examined though. Whiteness yeah, exactly. is never examined. This is, yeah. See, this is why I need, this is why I need y'all to stop being in awe when y'all see this shit. <laughs> I just, that's why like, I was like, interesting. I know it's the wrong word, but at the same time, I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is what we've had to deal with all our lives. White folks saying shit and getting the fucking way with it. And because and I've bit my bit my tongue for years, bitten my tongue for years, not saying shit to white people, because I live in a place where it's fucking dangerous for me to say, shut the fuck up talking to me. I didn't give you fucking permission to talk to me. And uh, so I wanted to touch on that. There was that thread. um, uh, the woman who like changed her Twitter handle so that she, like none of us could see what she was saying, um, how she referred to you as her friend. And I, I was talking about how, uh, and this is a, like a recent revelation for me, which I think, um, I don't know if you've watched the show Little Fire, Fires Everywhere on Hulu. And that show really like brought this kind of to light to me. And I think that, I, well, I don't specifically recall doing this. I'm sure that I have, is that like, white women feel entitled to uh, a personal relationship. Black women's bodies, yep. Yeah, you know, uh, coming into their bubble, whereas, you know, you could probably look at that that woman and examine, like, all of her tweets, all of her relationships, and she probably has had very high, you know, standards for letting people into her bubble or going into, you know, other white people's bubbles. Like, it's not just like a, oh, we spoke and we, or we follow each other on Twitter, or I follow you on Twitter. And now we're friends because I know all of these things about you. It's, it's very much about like, you know, it, like in, it, to use little fires everywhere as an example, it's like, she desperately wants to save, you know, this black woman and be like the savior. Right. So there's the savior complex. And then on top of that, you know, she wants to hire her as maid again, more of the complex stuff. But then on top of that, she wants to be like friends, you know, she wants to, uh, know all about her personal life. She wants to know this, that, and the other thing. And she just wants that label of being friends. And it's like to take that apart and really look at it and be like, wait, but why? Because like, does it, you know, the character in that show do that with other women? No, it's specifically a black woman that she does that to savior, savior, savior. Oh, now we're best friends. Well, it's, it's, it's always hero of victim, never villain. But what you open up is so funny to me. So this is for Black folks who are listening. We've all had an experience of particularly white women, particularly, where upon meeting you, you tell us your whole fucking story. And we're sitting around like, what the fuck is, why are they spilling their fucking guts and then you want it to be reciprocal bitch i don't know you why are you telling me i'm not telling you shit but it's the same thing it's that same of i don't have ownership of my person 
Um, people get to dictate who I who I'm friends with. Um, people, I don't have agency over my decisions or anything. So for white women, when you come into white spaces and you don't, and you start doing that regurgitating shit, th- this is exactly what you're, you're seeing us as your mammy. Cause that's what happened back in, you know, back in the day. White women, um, if you watch, I mean, just watch the movies. They, people, white folks sitting at the table, just having a conversation about the most personal shit while servants and shit are just around, like they don't even exist. And so it's it's dumping your shit on us and we're expected to carry that. But the other thing is very seldom do you say, hey, so how are you doing? <laughs> it's all about taking on your shit and I'm not doing that shit anymore. Um, if if you're not a white person who is in, here to fill me up, I have nothing for you. And I tell people that and I go out and do this work and get drained. If you cannot be a sounding board for me, if you cannot financially support the work I'm doing, if you can't just shut the fuck up and let it be about me when I need it to be about me, I have absolutely no use for you. So yeah, we're not fucking friends, but just the fact that it, it's no different. And I'm, I'm hesitant to say this because of anti-black um, stereotypes and, 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 um, you know, uh, uh, narratives, but it's the same thing as with you, with your dog right there. I'm just a dog. I'm there to keep you company and to, and to, yeah, uh-huh. Breathe deeply on that because that's what that is. It is, I'm there to serve a purpose to whiteness. I'm not there as a, as, as a human being. So that also goes back to our pre, um, beginning conversation. This is why all lives don't matter. Because you, my life does not matter. My experiences do, do not matter. So when you say all lives matter, it's not even just a lie. It's disgusting. And this is not even about how Black people and white people are, are differently engaging with like COVID, which is very obvious. Right. This is just how we live our... It doesn't take... It's, and it's sad, but I've been saying this for a while. It's, it would take white people to be in some serious economic pain for them to start paying attention. Did not know a pandemic was coming, but I knew it had to be something. And even in that, yeah. I said black people would suffer the most, which we're seeing. But I'm just talking about everyday lives. When you engage with us, when whiteness engage with blackness, you treat us like a house pet. That's tough. And how do white people treat their house pets? All oh, they give them the best food, they dress them up. They do all these things. They put them in purses. They ride them on planes. That dog or cat has no say in any of that. It's all about why do white people do that to their dogs? Because it makes them feel better. They didn't ask yeah. the dog, does this make you feel better? It's like they just want something to dress up and control. Yep. And that's what whiteness has been doing to black people since they brought us over here. And this is why I have no patience for mediocre white dudes in tech. I don't. I have no patience for Beckys and Karens, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I have no patience for it because this is how our, just because you're waking up, this is how our lives have always been. We made our parents and, and on and all seriousness and, and the majority of them have not articulated it as such because I'm going to be honest, most of them don't understand it either because we've been thriving and, and, and encouraged to assimilate for so long 
we don't understand that this, these systems of sim- assimilation have been, again, just like civility. It's just a pet. I'm just a pet. I need to, um, civility for black, white people is optional. And it's the mandated, it's the expected and mandated behavior of others, which means civility is nothing but you teaching me tricks. Sit, stay, bark, speak, come, let's walk, poo, pee. But don't, don't, yep. don't complain. Don't complain yep. because we're mm-hmm. giving you all of this. And you know, that stuff with, um, like Colin Kaepernick, yes. like that was so clear that it was like, we let you like do yes. all of this stuff and you can't even just stand up and say the pledge of allegiance or, you know, whatever, not the pledge of allegiance yep. as a school, yep. but, you know, the other thing, the, <laughs> yeah, the national, yeah, the national anthem. anthem, you know, and it was just like, mm-hmm. And a lot of people show show their all their a lot of people showed their black friends their true colors. Oh, but then they wanted to use those same black friends as their trophies to say like I'm not racist. Look at all these black friends I have. It's like well, and this is why my default is all white people are racist by default and can uh, are racist by design and can't be trusted by default without consistent demonstrated anti racist behavior. And that's why I don't move. I don't move. They can call me a bitch. They can ask you why you friends with me. They can do whatever. I'm not moving because for me, for me to move is dangerous. <laughs> I, I don't even think that like, like I know that I practice anti-racist behavior, but I wouldn't even say that I'm not racist. Like, because I am, I feel like I'm still unpacking like the ways in which you always be racist. Yeah. As long as, as long as whiteness has, um, the power. Um, it, you're always raised. You're 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 raised. You're, and and let's be let's be honest. And since you're a white women, white woman, white women are are actually breeders of white supremacy. You breed the next generation. And yeah. and because they're your sons and daughters, particularly your sons, and this is just any maternal instinct. You do go out of your way to maintain. And supports the status quo. status quo. Exactly. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I just no longer give a fuck, but I get it. <laughs> right. Just because you understand something doesn't doesn't exactly. mean you have to like exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wanted to touch on um uh specifically, kind of we're talking about the status quo. So that's like being the default. So I think that like you know, white men who come from a, a like middle, upper middle class, et cetera, background, they are the like firmest default, right? They have the most access to opportunity, uh, the least amount of uh, consequences for their actions. Ooh, girl. Um, in, in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely got some yeah stories but uh uh-huh. <laughs> but i mean you know like you know like you know all this stuff but mm-hmm. um i wanted to start examining the ways that like i was the default and this kind of all started with the with the mm-hmm. all lives matter stuff it's like truly examining the ways in which i was like but i suffered in all of these ways you know like all of this stuff happened to me and this is the way it affected me and it's like me 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 me, me. i'm so traumatized mm-hmm. and oppressed you know like uh but making mm-hmm. a part of your group <laughs> You know, um, but examining and there's there's one in particular and um, I don't know if I want to like trigger warning, but I'm going to be talking about like the, when I was a stripper. Um, so if anybody doesn't want to hear that, if it's, you know, bothersome, um, just I'm going to talk about that. <clears throat> so um, when I was 18 and 19, um, I worked in several strip clubs and um, I 
so in Missouri, stripping is illegal. So I was in Illinois, which is um, east of St. Louis. So it's like, uh, they call it like the Metro East um, of the area. And so we're talking about places like Roxanne, Illinois, um, Centralia, Illinois. These are not um, Sage, Illinois, which is like the nicest of the area. Um, and these are not spaces where there's people with money, you know, this like is fucking it's, country. Go it's, ahead. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, poor dude. people. And in Roxanne, particularly it's like yeah. black poor people, you know, and one of the clubs I worked at was in Roxanne. One of the clubs I worked at was in Centralia. Um, and so in both of these clubs, like, and I was heavy into drugs, like, I mean, I've talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of where my mental state was at the time and uh, financially, like, you know, where I came from and just like how I felt about myself. This is where I thought that I needed to be in order to succeed. And so I was doing this stuff and I felt really awful about myself all the time. And so I was doing drugs and the cops came into um, the club I worked at in Centralia because they had gotten a tip that uh, some of the women uh, we're, you know, using illegal drugs. And so they, you know, we're going through all of our lockers and everything. And there was um, a couple of other, like, I never, like, I've never prostituted myself, but I did do some things that were not cool. That would be legally called that. Um, because that's, that's the way our justice system, uh, works. Um, Take your time. and, Take your time. uh, the, the, Take your time. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> The manager was talking to the cops and some of the other girls and, you know, where I come from, you don't, I don't know. I don't want to say you don't snitch, but that sounds like <laughs> really shitty, but that's really what it was. You know, you don't like, you don't rat someone out. Like you, you all stand there quietly. No one's saying anything. They're not going to find nothing. You know, like you're all just quiet or like nobody's going to jail today. Right. Well, not everybody that worked at that club, uh, you know, cause some of them were, like white girls who were paying for college, you know, so they come from a different world that maybe they don't have like all of the resources, but they're coming from the other side of the river. They don't live here. You know, they're, they're just from a different part of the world. And maybe some of them had issues too, but like just from a very different world where there would never be like, no, none of these women can go to jail because it will be very bad. Like, it's not fair. Like, this is not fair. We shouldn't be dealing with this. Right. Um, and so they were like, oh, they're like, shares the one who brings it in. And the manager starts laughing hysterically. And he's like, he's like, you don't even need to like check with her. She doesn't know how to spell ecstasy or cocaine. And of course, like, I'm not going to say anything, you know? And one of the other girls, she was like, well, and she was black. Um, her, her stage name was New York. Mine was London. We had this thing where we had city names. I don't really know what it was about, <laughs> but that was our thing. And they were like, well, New York did. And I was like, no, she didn't. And the manager was like, he's like, yeah, I believe that. And like, at the time I was so mad that like my, you know, my friend, like my, my girl was like, can you, can I get hauled off, you know, for this thing that I was a part of? I, but I still did not also volunteer mm -hmm. myself, you know, to go with her I'd be like, no, 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 she's not even the one that gets it. I'm the one who brings it in. You know, I let myself be that, it, take on that, you know, that role of, oh, the innocent white girl, the innocent poor white girl, you know, like she's all fucked up, but she's not doing drugs. You know, she's not, there's no way she's bringing in drugs. She's not doing any of this stuff. You know, I let myself be that. And I let, you know, my black friend like take the fall and she's the one who got hauled off. Like, and, you know, obviously I don't know how to contact her now to like, you know, express like how sorry I am for, for what I did, you know? 
Um, but I recognize now that even though like my goal was like, I'm not going to rat on anyone. I still took that time to like, let myself have that privilege, even though I didn't understand what that privilege was then. Thank you. That's my point. That's my point. It is so indoctrinated. It's so a part of the default that you don't ever examine it. And this is why I say, even with the white folks that around me, I say I have five white friends and people think I'm joking. I have five white fr- people that I would call friends. And even they know that I know at some point they will prioritize whiteness over me. Think about how, what kind of friendship that requires, what kind of extra work I have to do on my part to stay connected to people I actively know will harm me. They will actively prioritize whiteness over me. I don't give a damn how much money they give me. I don't give a damn how much they amplify me. I don't give a damn how they try to, how they check in on me. At some point, something will happen and they will prioritize whiteness over me. And I think that, um, you know, to go back to the the thing like with the police, because that's I mean, we know that the justice system is overwhelmingly unfair to black people. But I think it's like that's that's a huge part of the problem is that if, you know, you have a group of dudes and, you know, they've got some like drug thing going on or maybe they have like, a you know, they're doing like robberies and shit together, like guns, whatever it is. And the cops will build this camaraderie with the white guys and they'll rat on the black dudes or, you know, the, and even before that, you know, they're like, oh no, we know that that's not you. We know it's that guy. You know, even if they don't think they're being racist, they are being racist. The person who rats on the black guy is being racist because he's like, oh, well, they're going to believe that he's the mastermind or he's the ringleader or whatever, mm-hmm. that that's the because person you're building into the on. narrative yeah. of blackness is always the villain. Exactly. This is, you know, just like the, Black going, um, you know, blacklist. Everything that's negative has a, not everything, but all these things that very seldom is black using a term that has a positive connotation. Very seldom. It's always something deterrent, something you need to stay away from. It's the danger zone. But I want to get back to when you said, um, oh, this is a throwaway line. I'm sure you didn't think, but this hit me. Make me a part of your group. Oh, yeah. This is so not just white feminism but I'm seeing it and I'm going to keep talking about it until my white trans women get it. You are causing harm in black and brown spaces. When you bring your trauma into their spaces, they accept you and then you have a, a, a conniption. Um, is that a Yiddish word? Where the fuck did that come from? That just popped out of my head. Um, I heard it, but I'm pretty sure it was from my grandparent. No offense. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, where did that come from? Jeez. <laughs> Um, and you, you come in and you shit on the camaraderie and the safe space that they created by saying that they can't talk about things that, um, they can only talk about the things that you have in, as, as the same as women. And when they want to talk about their wounds, pregnancies, their cycles, then they're being, um, anti-trans and the next word out of your mouth is turf. Turf coming from. Uh, uh, going towards uh, another marginalized person is trauma. The same thing is anti-Semitic. Going to another marginalized person that's more marginalized than you is trauma. It shuts down the conversation immediately and centers whatever you are, your experience is, and it causes harm to black and brown Jewish women 
and it causes harm to black and brown trans women or whoever the more vulnerable person is in, in your community that you care so much about, you're causing harm. And I'm going to keep saying this, that white trans individuals, white passing Jewish individuals, white disabled individuals, white anyone on the LGBTQ um, spectrum or in that community, if you prioritize whiteness, you are causing harm in your communities. You are actively causing harms in your communities. Yes, just like we talked about before, it's this, oh my God, I can always bring it back together because this is the same conversation as all lives matter in these spaces. And it is not, it is not. Because overwhelmingly, um, we see that unfortunately, black and brown trans women aren't able to get the jobs that a lot of trans, white trans men are, 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 are able to get or non-binary women or uh, individuals are able to get, excuse me for saying women, non-binary individuals are able to get, in particular if they can work in the spaces of tech and, and whatnot. And overwhelmingly, black and brown trans women are uh, in sex trade. And, and you're causing harm to those people who society, who, uh, mm, let me get this right. I want to make sure I get this right. What you're doing is setting up circumstances where a society that hates, that denies your humanity can access the most vulnerable of you yeah. and cause them harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this. And this is where I need people to... Yes, exactly. It's, it's so heavy. <laughs> and yet I'm still not depressed. I'm still optimistic because just like your journey, it's people, I mean, yes, I'll always consider you a racist. I never not consider you a racist, but I have a level of trust with you that you've built, that you work um, with. And it, it hasn't come from you being woke. That level of trust has come from every time you've been corrected, you've made the correct, you've accepted and moved forward. That's where the trust comes from. It's not being perfect. There is no perfect here. But if you can't take, if you want to be in solidarity with and you cannot take criticism that your actions and behaviors and words are causing harm, then I have absolutely no use for you because you are going to cause, you're going to be terrorized. You're, yeah, and you're going to be a terrorist. And I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. You're not welcome in my communities or any of that. And that's for anybody. That's for me as a black woman. If I did not make space for trans black women. What? what? That, but, but it, Mm, and this is mm, this is hits right here. Also, blackness is used to community because we've had to have community to survive. Whiteness is all about the individual, and we're seeing that with how people are reacting with the COVID. I only see white folks, particularly the white men, offering up their elderly as sacrifices for this shit for the economy. There's a lot of sadistic, deplorable behavior in whiteness that our community sits back and looks at you. And I'm going to be honest. We're like, you're animals. You think we're animals? We look at you and we're like, that is some, that is some, mm, some shit we can't even think about. I don't give a damn how old my grandparents ever got or my mom. I want him, them here as long as possible. I'm not going to sacrifice my black elderly for the fucking economy. Are you out of your mind? But that also speaks to what I've been talking about is, why there's a lot of wisdom in blackness because we, we respect our elders. We listen to, we le- we've had to learn from them to survive. 
And for whiteness, and you see all these white, you know, woke progressive folks, and all they want to do is flip the tables. You, what they, what your whiteness is used to is flipping the tables and walking away and never dealing with the consequences of where that damn table lands. Yeah, totally. And yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting. Um, like, obviously, I didn't grow up with like a lot of education about, um, you know, black communities. Um, other than, you know, what you typically learn in school from history. But in the Seattle area where I lived, um, there was a very large Japanese community um, that had actually had their, you know, all of their land stripped from them during um, Pearl Harbor, you know, and then when they got put into the concentration camps and everything. And so they have, you know, a lot of their culture is about community and especially like respecting your elders and everything. And then also um, my stepfather, uh, his family is Native American and my step-siblings, stepfather also, uh, he was fully Native American. So learning a lot about the Native American culture. And again, like it's about community. And I, when I started, you know, I learned about that stuff and I always really respected it. And I loved, you know, learning about those cultures and, you know, part of me is like, oh, I wish that our culture was like that, but I never really examined why it wasn't. And so like these conversations are so much like about, you know, the same thing, like these, these Japanese cultures where I grew up, they were oppressed by white people. Uh, then, you know, the Native Americans also oppressed by white people take had their, both of these groups had their land and resources taken from them, like involuntarily. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Resources taken from them, like involuntarily, you know, so to uh, apply that to an even worse, not only having your land taken from you, but being removed from your family, stolen from your home is like a whole other, like, you know, levels and levels above that is and not only just stolen, but now considered property. Mm, yes. You know, I mean, all um, we're all, com- I mean, that's in the Constitution. So we're all created equal. 
as humans, we have an inalienable right. But to get around that, we're going to make you not human because we don't want to include you. Mm-hmm. You're not human. We're going to we got to do something with legislators. So even from the big, very beginning, they there have been legislation about um, managing our bodies and our and who are define no defining who we are. And this is where the pushback is coming from now because we're no longer allowing whiteness to define who we are. One of the things I want to one of the things I want to ask you about. We've talked about a lot. Can you talk to the audience when I have a sponsor on here? I want you. Could you talk to why you sponsor hashtag causes and why do you sponsor me particularly? So uh, it, it it was like a, a sort of like a, a process of where like I was thinking about it, but like you know I know I work in tech, so like I make a lot of money, but I think and this is something I've been sharing recently is that. In my 20s, uh, I created a lot of debt for myself trying to make ends meet. Um, even in, went to, when I got to USA Today, I was so underwater that I was still on food stamps you know, during that time. So um, I'm still paying off those debt. I feel you know, I, I could file for bankruptcy, but I don't want to. I want to take care of you know, my responsibilities and the things that I did. Um, and so I don't have a lot of extra money to give uh, every month, but and mostly I give to you know like causes that are really important to me. Um, and I recognized, I think it, I think it must have been around the time, maybe it was the stuff with Tatiana when I started um, to do that to sponsor your podcast and your your work um, is because I felt really like, okay, I'm donating money to all of these causes, which are super important. And I know they're doing something, but also here is this. And I, I started sponsoring Tatiana as well. Um, here are these two women and specifically, you know, to speak to you that are doing so much work that be, just because of the way the world works, I'm still benefiting from it. And so I felt a responsibility um, to, um, to start, you know, I guess compensating you for that work. And um, the longer time has gone on, I I have just felt like, um, you know, that 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 I'm, you are like a like an, an employee of the of the community, right? And you're you're doing all of this work, and I think that you deserve to be paid for it. And so that's something that I I made room in my budget for, because I think it's, it's very important. And I want you to be able to continue to do that work. And I want you to feel like your work is, I know internally, like, you know, your work is valid and everything, but I want to be, you know, a part of letting other people know that that work is valid because there's certainly a lot of very loud voices saying that it's not. And I, I don't want to be aligned with that. I want to really do something, you know, um, within what I can do to be supportive of, of that work and kind of be the other side of, you know, people invalidating you. I want to validate you and not with just words. Mm-hmm, that's so funny. Not what you just said, but just the fact that <laughs> there are people who are in, and if these people knew that I could give a fuck about them, they would just, that they, I, I swear when I, when I change the settings on my Twitter so that um, I don't see a lot of comments. Oh, that was that going in that that echo chamber was just like the best because I realized that I don't owe anybody education. Um, I do this work because it I I find value in it because if I didn't find value in it, I wouldn't be doing it. And it's so funny how people it it reminds me of 
I get it. People don't like my style. I get that. But fuck it. I've been this way my whole life. And why would I change? And also, I've learned that being any other way with whiteness does not work. Just just does not work effectively. (laughs) Right. It's true. And, you know, maybe you're not going to, you know get everybody. You I don't know, want everybody. It, it worked. <laughs> right. It worked with me. I, I assume, you know, you know, Kristen, I'm sure that there's some similar <laughs> story there that it worked with her. And I'm sure it's worked with other people too, just to, and I mean, for me, that was such like, I, that is such an important part of like my personal history for me, because I knew who I wanted to be I just needed somebody to tell me I wasn't fucking being that person. Yes, and that's the thing. It's like you want someone to say, "Hey, your breath stinks. Did you, did you check that out? You did. Are you meaning to offend like that?" Exactly. <laughs> um, like I thought I was using the best, best toothpaste, but as it turns out, I'm oh, not. Oh, it's so not. I'm you're, you're, you're brushing your teeth with shit. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, I see that, that too? Can I see that too? <laughs> what the fuck is in that? <laughs> uh, I, oh, and thank man. you for that because I just wanted people, because, um, and it's been interesting because I've only lost, even during the pandemic, three sponsors and gained two more. So, um, and people, when I first started, this, well, why are you? making it a hundred dollars and why are you sticking because this community has the money we waste it on 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 a night at sushi we do that often and for those who have it you need to be supporting the work so i can share it with other people those who can that's the least you can do is financially support because just like you have bills everybody else has bills um and if you you have a product, you have a product or service, you have a SaaS that you're selling, you want to get paid for that. I don't understand why this work is considered community free, mm-hmm. but that's oh, because whiteness yeah. is used to getting shit. <laughs> yep. Or they'll, or they'll take it. <laughs> they'll find a way to get it for free. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, baby. It's, it's always, and this is why I continue to say it's mediocre because it's always, it's, it's either co-opting, stealing, it's always something. And it's never about sitting down and being creative on its own, unless it's in service to white supremacy, which is chaos. Y'all can come up with some real, ooh, some real foul shit to do yeah. that cause harm. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because like, uh, you know, where I come from, and, and I've talked a little bit about this, that. I've said like, I haven't done everything always above board, but I mean, really what that means is I've stolen, right. To make ends meet. Like, and I never, I never really took anything that was like Mm -hmm. to indulge. Like it was always like, I mean, there were times when I had no food on the table. Uh, My electricity was about to get shut off. Like I was getting evicted. Like these are big things. And I had a baby, (laughs) you know, like I'm like trying to like figure out how all this stuff works together. And so a lot of the people that I knew during these times, you know, they were doing the same thing. However, uh, in the same world, I, because I worked in, you know, getting into tech and everything, I knew people who were white, who were middle-class. I mean, even just like restaurant business owners that I knew who were stealing from the company, not because they needed it, but because they wanted it, you know, and, and they could do it. Exactly. They had the means Mm -hmm. and the opportunity and who are the people who get chastised and 
criminalized and harshly penalized for stealing food or money mm-hmm. to get their rent paid, you know, in a, in a world where you're paying people, like I was making $7 an hour. Like that was not enough money to pay for childcare and rent. It just wasn't. So mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to make myself be able to survive and my daughter to survive. And that was the only thing I could come up with because I was already working three jobs. Like what, what more do you yeah. want from me? Yeah. Like, and it's like, Oh, you just need to work harder. You need to work harder. And it's like, well, and what? And then die? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. What do you want from me? And then there's these people who, you know, spend who what, just oodles and oodles and oodles of excess money and they're stealing to make more money. And, and that's not even, you know, to go on just, you know, like the Jeff Bezos of the world who are, I mean, it really, to me, they're stealing by not paying, like not compensating laborers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody who's kind of, you know, in the, I would say like less than $25 an hour range, like, they're not, they're doing that on purpose. Like they're, they're calculating that like these people like are, are literally, I find their worth, their lives worth less. And it's like a, a, a scale, right? It starts with black people and it goes up to poor, poor people of other, you know, mm-hmm, color mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. poor white people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, up, up, step, up, step, up, step up. And I think that what's really jarring for people with me coming out about, you know, things that I've been through and the fact that I grew up poor and that I was poor in my twenties and, you know, that I have all these mental health problems and that I was traumatized and, uh, assaulted, like all of this stuff is like, suddenly all of these people who are like, oh yeah, she belongs here. Maybe not consciously they're thinking that, but obviously subconsciously they're thinking that now they're like, oh wow, she dropped out of high school. Like she doesn't belong here, but that like doesn't compute in their minds because they've already accepted that I belong here. So to really like recognize that I'm like, you know what? I hid all of this stuff so that I can mm-hmm. belong. And I was able to do that because I'm white and I sound college educated and I'm attractive. Like I'm, I'm not going to, that's definitely a part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, You're a cute little white girl. Mm-hmm. I, and I look, I look innocent because mm-hmm. I'm white. Like, yep. Oh, Cher could never do this. Cher yep. could never do that. And like, that That's also why I say bullshit to the uh, people like, Oh, assume positive intent or, uh, um, mm. uh, or benefit of the doubt because you omitted information and, 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 and no one questioned. I yep. come have to come in the door with every fucking credential God made just to get in the door. And that to me is like the key that I hope any white people uh, that are listening can understand that like recognizing that I can go into a space as long as I'm dressed halfway decent and have my hair done and, you know, don't look Mm -hmm. like I just roll off the street. Mm -hmm. I'm no one's going to question me at all. If I, you know, there's yep. uh, the thing yep. about in the hotel, uh, when I got the job at USA Today and I couldn't, you know, they were like, you need a credit card or, you know, debit card, like all this stuff. First of all, they assumed that I had those things. Why did they assume I had those things? Because I was white and I was dressed okay, you know? And then I'm like, oh, I don't even have any money. Now, suddenly the trust is eroding, 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 eroding. And now they're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm staying mm-hmm. in this hotel, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, make it happen, you know? And so they're like, oh, well, we don't want you to steal anything. Literally when I'm like, I have an interview as an engineer right next door to their building and I'm not the one being paid for the hotel, they're paying for the hotel, but still, you know, that trust was eroded. So just imagine if I was black when walking in in the first place. Oh, it happens. Every, I remember when I first got into this space, 
and start speaking at conferences. This is a this is why this is a pet peeve for me with conference. If you're organizing a conference, when we get back to to regular, you need to remove all um, uh, any way that the 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 hotel or whatever is going to ask for your your speakers to share their con or particularly if you're doing scholarships mm-hmm. for people who already um are coming at your you're paying for because I've had several times when I was just starting out struggling and I go to another country or wherever and they're asking me for a credit card. I only have an I don't have a credit card. I just have a debit card with only enough money mm-hmm. to get me through what I'm here for. And yet now this, uh, this, this hotel or whatever wants to take $50 a day, a hundred dollars a day off my hold it so that I can um, be in a hotel that I'm not even fucking paying for. Yeah. Are you out your mind? Mm. But if you don't have that experience, if you don't know about that, you don't think about that. And that's why we have to prioritize the most vulnerable. Yeah. And so I want to bring up something else. It's like, I saw there was this, uh, uh, a mutual of ours. Uh, she's black, and uh, she was really upset at this conference, um, like the organizers. And the organizers, uh, I had said something about the organizers, uh, and you know that like they needed to uh, pay attention and like ask, you know, like uh, their speakers, like all of their speakers, um, what they need, and you know, because because everybody has different experiences. So they DM'd me, and they were like. I know exactly who you're talking about. She's crazy. We paid her, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you gave her a handwritten check. And they're like, so we gave everybody else a handwritten check. And it's like, okay, like, I understand that maybe you don't have this experience, but like, for me, if when I got a handwritten check, that means I have no money. Like that is no longer income for me because I didn't have a bank account for a very long time. Mm-hmm. My, my past and like my, my mom sold my identity when I was young. So oh, mm-hmm. when I went to get a bank account when I was 16, I couldn't because I had a bunch of overdrawn bank accounts in her name. And so I had to take care of that. So I didn't have a bank account and then I made my own mistakes, still didn't have a bank account, mm-hmm. you know, like, so if somebody gave me a handwritten check, like I can't take that to Walmart. I can't take that to a check cashing place. Like I can't take that anywhere. That's useless to me. I have to go to the bank it's drawn on and cash it there, which is sometimes they, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a traumatic experience. It's Mm -hmm. not as traumatic as some of the other things I've happened, but people don't understand the anxiety of, especially because some of the stuff that I did was check fraud, like, Mm -hmm. like going and having to go into a fucking bank. Exactly. (laughs) The anxiety of like, Mm -hmm. even though I know that this check is definitely probably legit, like imagining myself going into a bank to cash this check and imagining leaving my, my ID there and running from the police again. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that's what pops into my head. So if somebody sends me a handwritten check, like, I mean, now I still get anxiety about, but I have a bank account so I can handle it, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to speak on the fact that you should not do that because mm-hmm. you don't know like what people have access to. And again, understand that people don't have that experience. And also don't hand, understand and, that, but asking, ask. And, exactly. Especially in, and, and, um, and with that, even if you didn't have what if you are from a state that doesn't have that bank? So now, I mean, even if I can go to a ca- ca- check cashing place to get it, now I'm paying a fee for money that I yeah like, oh yeah it's it's a lot of things that people and they're don't, they're big fees. People don't realize like those those places are oh hell vultures. yeah those, they take yes. so I've had mm-hmm. there was this one that I lived by twenty five percent fee. Fuck. 25%, which might, you know, mind you, like, I'm not getting like enormous checks. They're like, exactly. you know, hundred bucks, 200 exactly. bucks. So like people are like, what's the big deal? It's not very much. And it's like, do you understand that I'm living? Right. And like, it's just $25. I'm like, 
my, what if my electric bill is $75? Like I, then I had $25 for food. Now I have literally nothing. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> people, like yeah. I'm going to the gas station and literally paying with change, hoping that somebody feels fucking sorry for me. And is like, I'll fill up your tank. That's the life I was living. Oh so no, you god. don't write me you a just, fucking handwritten you, check. You, but you just said, oh my God. And this is where, oh, we got to talk about yeah. this in, before we go, because you just hit on it. There's no way in fuck. I could go to yeah. the gas station and think that I'm cute enough that somebody would fill up my tank and not do and not want to do something to harm me in return. Yeah. Damn, that right there just put a a a, a pin in our lived experience. That is not something that would even cross my fucking mind. I wouldn't even thought of that. And see, and that and that right there is like I was going through a horrible time, right? I. I didn't have many privileges, but I still had the privilege that sometimes when I was in that situation, which was literally every week, somebody would fill up my gas, my, my tank with gas, or they would give me like a, a um, like one time I got given a, a gift card to uh, the grocery store. Or if I'm walking down the street with a gas can because I ran out of gas mm-hmm. on the way to put mm-hmm. use the change, like somebody will pick me up and I, I mean, I won't get in a car with like some random dude because obvious reasons, but like if a woman, a white woman stops and it's like, Hey, do you need a ride? Which will happen not all the time, but sometimes I know that she'll take me to the gas station and maybe even fill up my gas can. Right. Like that might actually happen. And then on top of all of that, not only will I not just listening to this story, not only will I not get picked up for gas (laughs) and somebody fill my tank, they will, I would get blamed People will feel sorry that I'm in. They'll blame you. Yep. And uh, uh, just to touch on this topic into the terms of Twitter is that I actively, when I talk about something that uh, has happened to me, but I share in the responsibility for either being reckless and putting myself in that situation or even uh, especially the, the stuff with Tatiana, right? I'm like, I take responsibility for this. Please do not try to undermine that I'm trying to take responsibility for this, you know, because if I don't add that disclaimer, my entire thread will be white people being like, this is a, oh, your yeah, fault. She's them. too sensitive, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, yep. things against black women, mm-hmm. black women, black women. And also thank you for this. It's great to see you. Uh, you're such a stand up person for apologizing. Yep. Da, 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 Yep. And it's like, all yep. you're trying to do is mm. like publicly like say, thank like, you. Don't this, this behavior that I did, you're trying exactly. to you're trying to model behavior, and they're, and they're trying, trying to, to undermine because yep. they're, they're not comfortable do. with their own yep. behavior because they know and they've they done this themselves shit. in me. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Whoa, this has been great. What would you like to say? It's been heavy, but it's been good. It's been <laughs> necessary. What would you like to say in your closing statements? Oh my god, this has been amazing. I mean, I definitely think that that last little bit where you know even. I wouldn't have thought like, you know, somebody's not going to feel sorry for you and you're putting change in your ass like that right there. I'm still learning. It's hard. And maybe it's not hard in the same way it was when I say something like all lives matter. But it's still hard for me to recognize that like, you know, even in my, some of my worst moments, I had a privilege of having white skin and I need for other people and other, even, you know, other light skinned people to understand that like 
it's, it's like a, a spectrum of, you know, we see those, those memes of like, Oh, you know, the, the skin color, the Simpsons one where yeah. they like hold it up to him. And he's like, okay, you're, you're good to go. Or you're a terrorist. One's a protest and one's a, a, a riot. It, yeah, it, exactly. You know, uh-huh. and recognizing like on, there is a scale of that that exists. And the only way that we are ever going to come close to, I mean, seeing like equity in, in jails or, or, or anywhere, anywhere for that matter, you know, is if people, white people specifically start examining the ways that they are the default, that they have more access to opportunities. And even in their fucking worst moments that they get the benefit of the doubt to be, you know, innocent, poor share versus, uh, Angry. Pull yourself angry, angry, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, lazy. nobody gets handed anything, yep. lazy, et cetera, et cetera. That those two experiences, like we we just went through that. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> it this is reality. Yeah, like we, the, we the just way broke that it down. <laughs> we live is so differently. And I mean, there's books and everything you can read. I know that like, you know, Chad Loader had responded that like you need to do the work. I don't think that you should start doing the work until you have at least this epiphany that you are like, okay, I'm going to look at some part of my life that is super, uh, that I'm not privileged. Like this is not a privilege I have. So, you know, whether that's that you're disabled, like for me, it's like, I grew up poor. I was a sex worker. I, uh, was sexually assaulted many, many, many times in many situations. Mm -hmm. I was sexually assaulted on video camera and it was distributed as porn. Like these these things are not privileges for me. I don't have that. Privilege. I don't have a uterus, you know, but I still fight for women to have rights, you know, like the, and it, you have to continue to examine those things. And I, I want people to really examine, like, in what ways would I have not been given, you know, the benefit of the doubt or an opportunity if I was mm-hmm. black. And it speaks and I'll end this with a tweet that I just did. Um, um, it says, um, it was one of my, this is what white supremacy looks like. And this, I said, and this is what trips so many of you up, y'all. This is how you define some, because it's talking about how, how um, the media is talking differently about how um, owners who are breaking lock, curfew, lockdowns, how the language they're using to, for white um, for white people right now is totally different than if this was a black black folks moving. I say, y'all, um, this is what y'all say. There's no white laws or black laws. They're just laws. Me, wrong, all caps. I can say I'm happy multiple ways and it have different meaning. How the law, all caps, is communicated and who it prioritizes matters. Thank you so much for being on the show and for being so candid and honest, because I know you said you had some things that you wanted to talk about. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, again, just really honored that um, that I'm that you invited me uh, here um, to be in the space with you and to talk. And I'm really glad that, um, you know, that I'm doing much, much better than I have in the past. And uh, I feel really confident that, I hope other people will, you know, look at me and, you know, do the work too. And that I'll continue to be held accountable when I fall down. And I want to make sure that I um, thank you for saying that. But I I need to say, because the classroom teacher in me has to say, um, Cher's not saying this to get quote unquote ally cookies, because I don't give those out. So if she was looking for 
praise, it wouldn't happen. Um, it is because she has done the work. And I see that she, like all of us, is, 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 is you know, making this shit up as we go um, and is willing to take ownership of the mistakes that she makes. Please do not take this as some way of um, white folks getting a pass from me because whiteness does not get a pass until white supremacy is fundamentally dismantled. So thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.